When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. into another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Alongside me, Wayne Spoonie and Jake Eisenberg. Spoonie, how's it going, man? Dude, if I could sing, I would be busting out. I want to dance with somebody right <laughs> yes. now. I love this team. They're playing so good. And like, I almost felt bad for the Nets at the end oh, of that game, dude. I but what did. a win. Won a few what of the with somebody there it is yeah so I good. Like, yeah did that that gene doesn't run in the family that's for sure but i mean <laughs> what a what a what a kind kind present what a thoughtful present of the boston celtics to give us that type of performance as we go into the break missoula saying you know it can be good you know it could be bad depending on how you handle the emotions of the wins or the losses and i'm like i'll tell you one thing is for sure i'm going to handle this six game win streak very irresponsibly i'm oh, going yeah, yeah I'm, I'm injecting it all in one go let's do it all the propaganda yeah and yeah. a lot of what we've already talked about the the joe quotes the the luke cornet singing on the bench gonna make a reappearance in a later segment where we cover the best moments of the season so far which is gonna be a lot of fun we've got a lot of clips uploaded here in StreamYard, but it's going to kick back, run through them all, hopefully not get kicked off YouTube and have a good time uh, <laughs> reminiscing on what's been an awesome season so far. But Jake, you're in New Zealand, correct me if I'm Indeed. wrong, and you had an interesting flight over there meeting all of Australia on, on the plane. Mm, yeah. So yeah, in New Zealand um, and getting ready to get on the plane and all of a sudden I just see a couple of giant individuals wearing Brisbane Bullets t-shirts i'm like okay there's like three or four of them there's a there's a the new zealand breakers the uh team that rj hampton played for in the nbl and i get i'm like i'm in 7b seat 7b you know pretty close to the front no big deal um and these but it's it's unclear like if the whole team's on the plane at this point and i see it's like this dude's coming on the plane he's right across some across the road he's like 610 611 it's not bainsy but um he wanted one of his teammates switches with him. He's like, hey, I've got the exit row. I'm only like 6'3". You can have the the exit row. And the 6'11 dude gets up out of his chair and starts moving back. But then it becomes very clear. The whole Brisbane Bullets team is on the, on the plane. And then I see him, the beautiful man, the man oh. who sets the bone-crushing screens, the man who's decided to start hitting corner three-pointers in the Philadelphia 76 series in the 17-18 season. It was all of Australia. It was Aaron Baines. And my whole body was just like... <gasps> Oh my god! I and I, I, I messaged the Discord. I messaged my parents. Everybody's like, "You have to, you have to, you have to tell him. You have to talk to him. You have to tell him to get on the podcast." So I've got a three-hour flight now. I'm just like, okay, just relax. You know, you've got a long way to go before you have a chance to actually say anything. And by the time I got there, I was like, I don't know, man. He's just, he's just been squished into this box when he's six foot ten, broad something that I cannot relate to. And uh, he's got his headphones on, he's got the Bose on. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll, la- I'll leave him be. But if an opportunity presents itself, I'll, 
I'll play it by feel. And we're going through the passport customs thing. And I'm like right behind him. I'm stalking him. You know, I'm just a few steps behind. Um, no chance of him ever seeing me, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, somehow I make it through the customs things first. And he's like right behind me. And I'm like, okay, this actually could work better. Because I can get to the baggage, turn around and pretend like, oh, Oh, what fancy <laughs> Aaron, Celtic here. legend, yeah. Aaron Baines. <laughs> and of course, I'm wearing um, my vintage Boston Celtics shirt from the 80s that says DJ all the way on the back of it. And nice. uh, I turn around and I'm like, Bainesy, Celtics legend, how are we? And he's like, gives me a little, I'll be honest, give me a little weird look. He's like, oh yeah, big fan. I'm like, oh yeah, dad's from Boston. Um, you guys ready for the ready for the big game tomorrow? You push him for the uh, push him for the playoffs. He's like, oh yeah, see how we go. And he's like, so um, what do you do for work? And I was like, funny you should ask, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do. I do a Celtics podcast. We we would love to have you. Obviously, you're a busy man in the midst of a, a playoff run here. So maybe after the off season, he's like, oh yeah, you know, may, maybe in the off season. I'm like. Okay, yes, yeah, <laughs> And then, yeah, he's just like, oh, where do you live? I'm like in Tassie. He's like, oh, wow, cold water, being from Brisbane. I don't like going swimming down there. So, we like, we just have, like, this chat for, like, three yes. or four minutes. Yeah. And um, I'm like, all right, well, I'll leave you to it. Because like, I'm like, I don't want to, like, bother this guy for too long. And um, as I'm left, I'm like, look, we, we really miss your bone-crushing screens uh, on the court with Al Horford. Uh, so, I'll, I'll catch you later. And he's like, yeah, see you, man. And uh, <laughs> it was the best. I was terrifying. I was shaking. I oh, man. It was awesome, though. He was, he was yeah. really just gave me the time of day. It was very nice. Dude, that's awesome. Dude, love Bainesy. <laughs> Obviously, as a fellow Aussie, uh, that was a great stretch as, as a fan, as an Australian fan, having Bainesy on the team. And um, I don't know. It sounds like it wasn't a, a straight up no. With no, the, dude. Uh, hey. Invitation onto the pod. So I know. My mom's been telling me I need to get business cards for the podcast so I can just hand them out anytime I see someone wearing uh, Celtics gear or for when I run into ex-Celtics legends. But as, <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I like left, I was like, "Fuck! I should I should have said, man, you you." Because I look, I looked up the basketball reference like straight afterwards. I was like, he had taken like twenty one threes all season. Mm-hmm. and was 14%, and then he got to the playoffs and shot 23 threes and was like 47%. And that wow. was, like, he came out of nowhere. Like, he just started shooting corner threes and, like, was a huge factor in the Philly series. And I wish I would have researched that on the walk from the plane to the baggage claim because <laughs> I could have been like, bro, you, you shot, like, 23 threes in the playoffs, two more than the whole season. And he would have been like, what the? F-? It actually made him even worse, honestly. You know, yeah, you could have got an <laughs> analytics job with the Brisbane <laughs> Bullets, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. They're all fucking so huge. Like even the NBL yeah. teams and like, I don't know, man. Just And also I could have joked being like, not quite living the high life of the uh, private jets uh, around the NBA travel, just squeezing into these tiny economy seats. But no, nah, it, was, it was sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Love to hear. I've been excited to hear that story all night, so I'm glad we managed to, to squeeze it into the pod. Uh, thanks, Jake. Uh, we've got an awesome show coming up. Very clip-heavy as we just kick back here and enjoy some of the best moments of the season so far. We will hit on last night's Massacre of the Nets in a sec, but first, please subscribe to the First of the Floor YouTube channel. We're so close. I think we're like 40 subscribers now away from 3,000 subs, which is obviously a huge milestone for us, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the First of the Floor audio podcast available everywhere, Spotify, Apple, etc. Check out Spoonie's column for Celtics blog, Three Leaf Clover, and sign up to the Celtics blog playback room where you can watch games with us live uh, pretty much for every single game, playback.tv slash Celtics blog. The links for all of the above are in the description below. Now, guys, before we get to the best moments of the season, 136 to 86. 
Good for a 50-point deficit for all of the math nerds out there. Spoonie, <laughs> what stood out to you from this game? It's a hard game to evaluate, right? Yeah, it's very difficult to evaluate. I guess I would probably say the defense, number one, even though we hung 136. And I just feel like this team is starting to really be connected on both ends of the floor and like understand like the chemistry is really come to, coming together on both ends. And like the Nets just have absolutely no offensive talent. I mean, like that purple patch Mikhail Bridges had like for two months last season looks yeah. like it was just a hot stretch and like he's a nice third option but has absolutely no chance of being a number number one option on like a high level team it, it felt like at times they weren't like running offense they were just like oh my god what do I do with this basketball I'm at the three-point line and there's four seconds left I guess I'll just shoot it um so the defense was super locked in I mean Tatum has this is the best stretch of his career. I'm I'm just saying it right now. Like he is playing at some sort of level right now with the passing, the decision making, the defense, like everything he does on both ends is just at an incredible level. And I think like the biggest thing for me is just like his usage hasn't changed. His assists are way up in the last 10 games and his turnovers haven't changed either. So he's just like turned into I, I don't hate he do Turka glues passing with like <laughs> Carmelo Anthony right. scoring and like Kawhi's defense. And it's like this dude is on his way to like the best player in the NBA if he keeps up this pace. And like, I, I'm not afraid to say that. So um, and probably most okay. importantly, Walshy. We got Walshy. real Walshy. Yeah, dude. How First quarter Walshy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, that was so good. I mean, I was I was watching this game, like sneak watching it on my lap on my phone at work, like typing <laughs> while looking down, pretending to be working, but really in my mind, in my body, vibrating as Walshy came in, wondering <laughs> what things must have been like in the playback room, Jake, as Walshy comes in, a surprise oh. Walshy entrance in the first quarter. I almost didn't even notice because like at first glance, like, you know, I got the chat going, we're chatting away, you know, you're in mid timeout. There's a, there's a bald Derek White. There's a couple of uh, shiny heads rolling around. Like it took me, took me a second to figure out that while she was out there. But once I did, I was like, oh my God, we got to lock the fuck in right now. And I mean, look, it was, it was a little bumpy. Uh, performance for for Walsh, but the the defense, like clearly, dude, dude's arms are insane. Like he's he, he's got like Rob Williams type arm, like seven foot three wingspan. I think we looked up yesterday, which is just mm-hmm. just absurd for a wing. And so like you you see the defense, like he he because he's he's obviously not like thick enough and strong enough yet as like being a nineteen year old kind of can kind of get bumped off some spots. But he's so athletic, he kind of gets back in the play and because he's so long can still contest stuff. And man, he had, he had that one steal like in the mid court and then was going one-on-one on the break. And Oh man, you could see him thinking about what he was going to try and do. And just, um, yeah, he, he got rookied on that one. And that man, the, the garden would have just blown off if, if he would have been able to convert, convert that one. But I, I, I wonder, I don't know if it's obviously Al was out, obviously Jalen, you know, more importantly was also out. So like, you see Walsh here potentially because, like, my favorite player obviously is gone, uh, Delano Banton. Uh, so tough to- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. RIP. Mine too, Lamar Portland. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Stevens actually looking all right with Memphis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no Banton. So, like, Walsh is kind of like, is he the 11th guy, 12th guy, maybe like ahead of Sfee and. 
That's really, I guess that's really it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and like, because obviously Tillman's still out as well. So I don't know if it's a sign of maybe things to come was it just a, a spot. But KP kind of talked about it in the in the presser, being like, I think that was good for us. We got to be a little bit more focused, a little bit more alert. We put the young guy, the rookie guy, in in in, in early in the game, and we all just got to be thinking about it. He's like, that was good for us. You know, something a little bit different, something a little bit more exciting, spice it up. You know, on in this long season, and I mean. Please spice it up, Joe, because uh, we we want more. Yeah, spiced up things for me at work, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, this uh, look. First of all, he's obviously not quite the NBA savant yet, Jordan Walsh. He's looking a little sped up there, which is pretty typical of rookies, particularly those who have come in the second round and they're a little bit more raw and they've got to get more up to speed. Um, and he got a rough whistle as well. I think that travel that he got oh, called for was pretty unfair. Because uh, on one hand, you're like, come on, he's new. Like, give him a chance. Like, don't don't be so rough with the no harsh with the whistle rather come on that was unfortunate but this entire team was like inappropriately locked in on defense and we know yeah. that Walsh can come <laughs> yeah. in and like uphold that standard and I say inappropriate because you guys kind of mentioned him which is kind of unfair like to be that good offensively while also simultaneously that locked in defensively against a subpar team a well under 500 team Trendon Watford high scored for the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets with 15 <laughs> points Mikael Bridges 10 points a minus 30 in this one, uh, which Ouch. was insane. And, and Spooner, you mentioned it earlier. Like, it was just the Tatum show again. Taylor Snow had this tweet after the game. Jason Tatum has logged 27 efforts of at least 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists in 491 career games. He did it 20 times in his first 482 games, and he's done it 7 times in his last 9 games. So, Tatum be cooking, I believe, is Dude, what the yeah. kids would say. Well said. <laughs> like, I don't know. This, this passing leap... Obviously, it's nine games or whatever, but this is the best that he's been passing the ball for that amount of games in his career. Of like, it's very obvious. Like that that feathery lob that he had to to Chris Tapps that we ran on the feed here earlier. Like, I mean, the short roll passing has become like really, really good. And when teams are constantly trapping and and trying to find ways to to make him uncomfortable it's so valuable and, and so impactful that he's able to find guys and get the off and get the defense in rotation and then you're just firing the ball to high IQ guys like elite scorer elite mismatch guy Al Horf is going to make the right decisions like if he's going to make these passes like I'm I don't know what that means for this team like they were already the best team in the league and if he all of a sudden has taken a playmaking leap. Like, I think it's maybe a little too early to, like, really confirm the fact that he has taken... <laughs> no, it's not. Has, has taken, <laughs> like, a, a legit... But, like, 9, 10 games is a pretty good sample size. And so, I guess we're going to see... I mean, it's almost, it, uh, it almost reminds me of when the, the league shut down for COVID and Tatum was in the midst of, like, the best pull-up shooting streak of in the history of the NBA. And then we had to wait to come back. And it's like, wonder what would have happened if we'd never stopped playing basketball. But um, take a little break here. And we come back, hopefully he can continue this this incredible passing. But like this last 10 games, he he should be pretty firmly in like the top five of the MVP conversation. I saw someone in the chat here. We saw Stephen A. Smith on national TV today talking. It's really the first time I've seen Tatum really talked about on uh, on national TV in that conversation so far this year. And um, I don't know. I've been seeing some MVP ballots with with like Kawhi and stuff ahead of Tatum. And I don't really understand it because he seems to get dinged more than anybody for having a good team. Like Kawhi Leonard doesn't have James Harden and Paul George and 
allegedly one of the deepest rosters in the NBA. But when it's Tatum, it's like, oh, it's super team. He, he's, he's, he's the Brock Purdy of, of the NBA. And I, just, I, I looked at this earlier. Jason Tatum is, is in his seventh season. He has missed 36 games in seven years, six and a half years, which is like, that alone is absurd. The Celtics are 16 and 20 in those games. So it's like, obviously the sample size is small, but they're a below 500 team without Tatum in his entire career. It's like, he is the super team. Like, this is all yeah. great, but none of, none of this is a 65-win team unless Jason Tatum is on this team doing everything that he does. Like, he should be smack-bang top five in the MVP conversation amidst it now that he's been on this run. And I think it's just fucking double standards for the Celtics always. Everybody's always trying to nitpick everything about this team, and that really is encapsulated when people talk about Tatum as well. Like, he's doing everything at an elite level, and he deserves more respect. Thank you, Stephen <laughs> A., for bringing his name to the forefront. Um, Ask me next time if you need Tatum propaganda because he was just clearly reading a sheet of paper of stats, which included Tatum's 37% in the non-paint, in the non-restricted paint area. And I'm like, don't read that. That's not the, the number to read off. Like that's the, the one <laughs> spot on the court that he's not good at. So Stephen Ages, I appreciate him, but come to the right place for Tatum propaganda, yes. please. <laughs> Lead Tatum propagandist, Jake Eisenberg. That's right. Uh, with Kawhi, I think there's an element of it. It's the Clippers, like the forever cursed, perpetually bad Clippers. How could anyone, you know, potentially lead them to um, the number one seed or wherever they're at right now? I think it feels like a, a heavier feat, like dragging shit uphill uh, on Kawhi's part. And I think he's getting a lot of undue credit. Oh, oh, oh he's getting a lot of due credit as well, let's be honest. Um, but for leading that team to where they are now and also given the injury history of some of their more prominent players as well, I think is where at a national TV layer, which is pretty shallow. Let's be honest. That's where a lot of that credit is coming from. Back to the game here, though. A few other things to get to. Chris Tapsporzingis, awesome again. He did leave the game again, mm. injured. And yes, he was available to come back. But it's definitely an unsurprising trend. Like, it's just, it's so crazy. And it, like, genuinely keeps me awake at night. How much on a nice edge this whole thing is. This whole shebang is with just, like, the health of Chris Tapsporzingis and how easily injured he is and a lot of that is just there's just so much surface area he's a large hmm. latvian yeah. man with huge clown shoe feet whenever they come down there's just statistically a higher chance that it's going to collide or come down on top of something else because of how much you know of him there is but it is happening a lot and he is just injury prone like even the eye thing in uh indie many many games ago like he is just genuinely generally rather more injury prone it is worrisome do you feel like Spoonie, the team has a handle on it at least as far as like how to to manage it, how to prevent as many hazardous situations as possible? Or am I just like wishful thinking here? No, no. I, I mean, like there's only so much you could do with a seven foot three guy, right? Like he comes down on somebody's foot the wrong way and the season's essentially over, which is absolutely terrifying. But <laughs> they, we at least have... I think they clearly had a plan for him, a minute's load for him. You know, he's getting a lot of rest. Like, I think a lot of these dings that he's sitting out for are just like, you know, we, he can rest because he's not an all-star last year, but they're just keeping him out um, just to, to keep him fresh, keep him for the playoffs. I think, you know, there's an argument to be made that he just shouldn't play for the rest of this season until I the agree. playoffs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane, but the, you could actually make a pretty cogent argument that it's like, why bother have him play like two games <laughs> yeah. after yeah. the all-star break? Like, why not? Um, but 
that's not going to happen. But yeah, I think they've done a really good job of just like managing him and kind of managing his role because not every game is he like kind of that high volume post up guy. There are games where he does it like the Houston game where we really need him. But there's also games where he's just kind of like running, pick and pop. So post up like, a you know, three, four times. Um, and then we play Miami and he's just roughhousing with Bam. He's down there fighting everybody. Um, so I, I think as good as you can do with somebody that size, that injury prone, the Celtics have done a great job. I don't think a lot of these things where he leaves the game is, I think that's just like pure caution, nothing to worry about, but I am perpetually worried every time he jumps. Like it's just terrifying Dude. every time he's in the air. And sometimes he really gets up. Like he launches oh, yeah. himself yeah, up for these alley-oops and they look sick. But like we're forgetting, I think like the entry level fan doesn't understand the pain of like the fully entrenched, like hooks in fan who's like every time he leaves the ground, you're like, oh, you cower in fear <laughs> as he's soaring through the air like the Latvian beast that he is. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah, like it's it's the bear slayer gliding through the air is a sight to behold, but like there is absolutely a, a massive part of me that every time he launches himself th- through the lane, I'm like holding my breath. No. Yes, yeah, like, dude, <laughs> chill, like save it. But all that being said, he is still on pace to play just over 60 games, which like if I gave you that before the season, that would be, that'd be more than enough, really. Like I would have, you really... You're absolutely right, Spoonie. It's like, can we just like, can you just play once a week? Really? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, but he's on, he's on the Bill Walton plan. Like, this is, like he is the Bill Walton for the 2020s Celtics here. And he's taking them to a new level. The 85-86 Celtics, uh, Bill Walton uh, played 19 minutes a game. And in the playoffs, he played 18 minutes a game. And obviously when Puzingas is playing, he's playing a bit more than that. But it's a similar program. You just got to, we know the power of this guy. And it's just like, without Porzingis, this team is still really good. I think without this team, this team can still make the, without Porzingis, this team can still make the finals. It's just when like, if he doesn't get hurt in the playoffs, I think there's a real chance we get to the finals and we've lost like three or four games. Yeah. Shorter series, which is huge. A sort of a cascading effect down through the rest of the team as well. So he's he's hugely important. But I agree that we can get it done one way or another. Um, as As a way of sort of moving through this game quickly and moving on to the rest of the show... I'll rattle off some topics here and you guys can each choose one of them. So there's this five here. There's Derek White, who has had a bit of a bounce back. He shot 50% from three in this game, 50%, 50% from three in the last game as well. Uh, Hauser had his best game as a starter by far. We had Pro MP in this one, the lead scorer for the Celtics. Cornet dominance, I want to call it. Like he was, I mean, everyone was dominant in this game. Let's be honest. There wasn't a bad performance all around. And then O'Shea Brissett. Slams down the windmill dunk in transition there, which also featured a screaming Luke Cornett, which we'll get to uh, <laughs> later if you if you hang on with us here. Spoonie, off those topics, which excites you the most? All right, I was critical about Hauser against the Heat. I thought he got roasted defensively. This is just a great Hauser game, and I think like he's starting to get comfortable offensively in a way he has not been um, kind of his entire career. Like, I don't know if it was this Brooklyn game or the one in Brooklyn, but Tatum had like a pump fake and dropped it to him in the short roll. And he took like three dribbles and like kicked a beautiful pass to the corner. And it was swing, swing for a wide open three. Um, And like the shots back, like he's just burying threes again. He had one like crazy one at Brooklyn where he was just like cut flying off the screen, caught it, maybe traveled and then buried a deep one. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
And like he's kind of rebounding. I think he had five rebounds, two assists, a steal. Uh, like that. This was just a great Hauser game. And like, if that's what he's going to give us, like he's going to have a role in the playoffs. It might not be a huge role, but as long as he gets that defense back up to a level uh, that we saw earlier this year and all of last year, because teams have kind of started to figure him out, figure out the types of guys that can mm-hmm. attack him, figured mm-hmm. out like you got to run him through multiple screens and he gets lost a little bit. Um, but like he, he he'll adjust, he'll adjust. He's a really smart player, and like he's more athletic than he maybe looks. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, got good size. Like, he's a legitimate six seven wing. So uh, just great Hauser game. Love to see it. Glad the shots back. Yep, forty one point two percent on the season from three. Like guys, a sniper. There's, we, they're gonna, we're going to get another run where like every time it touches his hands, we're going to be like, yep, time to start jogging back the other way. That thing's going in. Which is so it's good to see that. But yeah, look, he's doing his thing. I like that he does the little things now. He, he he'll give you another couple of possessions here and there with an offensive rebound. Like he he does the little things as well. Which like he's not just purely uh, a shooter. Like he is providing value on on the and the rest of the of uh, the game of basketball. But Pritchard, I mean pro MP, this guy, this guy was cooking, dude. This guy's been really good lately, and like. <laughs> There's something special about Peyton Pritchard in a blowout. I don't know what it is. Clearly, uh, it'd be fun to see him on a team where he's like a legit six man or even like a starting yes. point guard just to see exactly what's possible. Because like when he has a complete green light, like he's able to pull from 30 feet. He's able to like get coming off screens and cross some guys over like, man. And uh, he's, he's talking to the like, because at first everybody wants Walsh. The crowd's like, we want Walsh, get the ball to Walsh. But then Pritchard starts cooking. Everybody's just, and then the crowd's just like, no, nah, it's all right. Go pee. Let's, let's get him up. But then he starts looking for Jordan Walsh. He got Jordan Walsh on open three in the corner, which he missed. But um, I just like seeing Pritchard, you know, get a chance to, to really show what he's capable of. Cause um, he's obviously still playing a smaller role than he would probably like. And someone asked him in the, in the press, like, how do you feel about your role and whatever? He's like, we're focused on winning. We're winning. I'm enjoying yes. winning. I'm looking forward to winning. Winning a championship. Winning a championship. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> talk to him, P. Let's go. I love it. Everybody's bought in. Uh, yeah, I was tingling after that one. Uh, yeah. Look, we're going to come back in a moment with the Schadenfreude report because there has been some roster movement with one of our closest rivals. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit fanduel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. Yes, that's right. It is the Schadenfreude Report. And there has been some movement with one of our closest rivals, the Milwaukee Bucks, who, according to Woj and several others online, have signed uh, as uh, out of the buyout market, rather, Danilo Gallinari agreeing to a deal with the Bucks for the rest of the season there. Jake, I know Danilo Gallinari, uh, long, long coveted by yourself as a potential buyout pickup by the Celtics. He goes to one of our closest rivals, the Milwaukee Bucks, who need him for his defense, I'm guessing. 
Firstly, it's important to note uh, the intro there. If you're not watching on YouTube, it's worth just coming to check out the new Schadenfreude uh, intro that Ben has pulled together. I haven't seen Kill Bill, but I have seen that scene on YouTube before, and it's absolutely beautiful. The production keeps going from strength to strength here. But yeah, this this is personally sad for me, um, for us to not be able to play. We actually might still be able to play the Gallinari song if we get to the playoffs and they actually have to play Gallinari and he just <laughs> like I think they call him the, yeah the, the Italian rooster and he just turns into a barbecue rooster it's gonna be um that might be the time we actually get to play it but like the thing about the Celtics is like you you can kind of talk yourself into a variety of plays because you don't have to play against the Celtics like Andre Drummond can't play in the playoffs if they play against the Celtics. Gallinari, I thought, could play in the playoffs for us because there are very few teams that can really, really like destroy I me. Mean, obviously, Gallo maybe is going to have issues at times, but it's like the Celtics are like the one team where it's like, oh, that guy probably can't play in the conference finals against the Celtics. But that's not a problem that the Celtics have because that's who we are. But um, the, he can't play against the Celtics. So I don't really sure. Um, like he might help them technically. Like that makes them a better team because they didn't have him before. But like, how is he going to play against the the Celtics? I don't really see it. Yeah, he can't play against Indy. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, he he can't play against anybody in the play. Uh, look, I'm I'm pretty sure I was on here when we signed him to the mid level and saying I think he's washed. And I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why we did the mid-level we'll signing through the for tapes. And, yeah, and now, like, dude, congratulations. You have worse Bobby Portis. Well, Bobby Portis <laughs> is already, like, submarining your defense. So, I, like, I get it if you're the Bucks, It's like, okay, why not? Like, we got an open roster spot because we shipped out Robin Lopez. You know, he's better than literally no one. And he can still score it a little bit. But, like... He can't play against Indy. I, can he play against the Magic? I don't think he can play against Franz and Paulo. Like, I, I'm I'm not sure who he can play against. I like he that a little bit more. Miami. Yeah, I like it a little bit more, but I think those guys would completely yeah. roast him. He might give it back to him a little bit on the other end offensively. But, I mean, he can't play against the Heat. You know, Spo will absolutely scheme around him. He'll be in every single – he'll be running through seven screens of possession against Miami. He can't play against the Knicks. He can't handle Julius Randle. Um, and he can't uh, – maybe against the Cavs, you can try and hide him for those 10 minutes when – uh what's his name there? The the wing that's terrible, whose name I am forgetting. The Karis LeVert? No, not Karis LeVert. Oh, they can Niang? hide him on the – no, no, the bad guy who doesn't play anymore. Um, Dean Wade? No, no. Dylan no, Winlow? Oh. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. He can't about, shoot. Right? A decent defender? Is that yeah, what yes, yes, yes. He was the fourth oh, pick of years. Yes, Okoro, Okoro, yes, yes. Yeah, like if Okoro oh. sees eight minutes, Gallo can hide on him for eight <laughs> minutes, and that's about it. So I just like this does nothing for me. It doesn't move the needle at all for the Bucks in the playoffs. But hey, just like Doc Rivers, maybe it raises their floor a little bit. So congratulations, <laughs> Milwaukee. Maybe you'll win fifty-one games instead of fifty. <laughs> Worst Bobby Portis. What what an evaluation. That's and <laughs> so accurate. Uh, yeah, the extent to which I care about this is just being completely bummed out that we can't play the Gallo song on a regular basis, yeah. and that's that's yes. basically. Yeah, like who who really cares and as a Celtics fan not threatened by that acquisition and hopefully it leads us to wait with some poise and sign someone who can have a little bit more of an impact on, on the Celtics uh, beyond what Gallo would have been capable of all right I think we should get to the meat of this podcast which is the best <laughs> moments of the season so far what a season 
It's been so fun. The Celtics are so insanely fucking good. We've had a lot of fun. There's been <laughs> tensions as a fan base, particularly online and Twitter, because expectations have been so high. I think like the discourse has been troublesome at times, I think, just because of how high everyone's expectations are. And yet, like you cannot complain about where we're at right now. And that is through all fronts of the Celtics coaching, Players, talent, health, thank God, touch wood, everyone's fine right now. I hope that we can say that in a couple of months' time. But things are really, really good. It's been a lot of fun. And so, we thought with the All-Star break now um, at our heels or at our toes or whatever the correct <laughs> wording is, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it, guys. Don't worry. our toes. We thought it was high time to get to the best moments of the season so far. And I'll throw to you guys because you know we, we all sort of um, kept the run sheet blank to keep these somewhat of a surprise to each other and to the members of our Discord who, first of all, get exclusive access to our run sheet. So join the Discord. You can chat with us. You can view our run sheet. I was live streaming me making the Schadenfreude intro the other day and I think one person jumped in for like five seconds and then jumped out again. You get that kind of access. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Jump into the Discord there. The link is in the description. Spoonie, I'll throw to you first. What um, comes to mind? We won't go in any particular order here, but what's been one of the standout moments of the season for you so far? Okay, we trade beloved Celtics Marcus Smart for a tall Latvian dude who was on the Washington Wizards last year. It's like, Mm -hmm. how's he going to fit? How's he going to play defense? And then in the literal opening game of the season, we play his former team, the New York Knicks. Jalen Brown, I guess, has a severe concussion. I don't know, passes out on the court for three minutes and just... (laughs) continues to play somehow we cough up i believe it was a seven point lead the knicks got to with like four or five minutes left and then chris Porzingis, porzingis the new guy absolutely whips out as ben said at minimum seven incher and just smashes (laughs) nine incher yeah smashes the new york knicks gets like six free throws hits a huge three completely steals the game for the celtics and we're all thinking like this is probably going to work out just fine for Chris Stapps in Boston. Grimes yeah. back out the floor like, for the Knicks. Oh. Porzingis going to shoot it and knock oh. down a three. Back to Barrett. Barrett takes. No. Oh, good job by Porzingis. Next. And draws a foul. Wait. Which way is that foul going? It's a foul on Hardenstein. I think they just teched up Porzingis. Oh, that's a, that's a tough shot, uh, but I mean... Free throw for New York, and then we're in the penalty situation, so Porzingis will shoot the penalty free throws when we come. Tatum found White there, about three and a half, four on the count. Double team. Oh, that's oh. huge. That is huge. <laughs> Unreal. Tatum. Porzingis. He's bumped. And he's going to get to the line. Hartenstein's going to be able to foul. Just, Sorry, Jake. I'll, I'll instant, try to be more fluent no, no, getting to the clips. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and you guys lead the charge on this one because I've been in transit, so I'm not 100% on what all, everything's coming here. But for him to do this immediately, game one, crunch time, like, perfect. Like, every every concern, every emotion that we that we had after we lost Marcus was immediately eased, massaged as soon as Porzingis got on the court. Like, 
for him to do that in crunch time in MSG on opening night, it was like, oh my God, I see the vision. Brad Stevens has done it. And we're on pace to win 64 games. It was great. I, I would add to that just as part of the, the best moments of the season for, so far, just acquiring KP and Drew and like the emotional parachute that acquiring Chris Stapps Porzingis was versus losing Marcus Smart. Yeah. We all maybe hoped and, and some of us dreaded that one day we would lose Marcus Smart uh, because he, you know, movable piece, movable contract. And while being, I guess, like the backbone of the organizational culture, just due to the size of his contract and, and maybe needing to open up like more shots and more looks and touches for the Jays, he might eventually get moved. And for that to happen, you know, like I said, um, cushioned by the emotional parachute of acquiring someone like Chris Porzingis, it just made that transition so much easier. And then I'd add to that the Bucks schadenfreude of acquiring Drew Holiday. Oh. Like they're so hyped about getting Damian Lillard. And then suddenly we introduce this element of doubt by acquiring their former all-star point guard who can like D up the fuck out of Dame Lillard and just uh, completely rains on their parades, uh, which was a lot of fun. But going into the the preseason there, after acquiring those two guys, uh, we get to see Brad's vision. all of us pretty much every game right <laughs> it really has though like you watch it holding on to the tv you're like is this allowed is someone gonna stop us from doing this because it doesn't seem fair yeah man uh this brad stevens guy knows his nose ball we'll throw it to you jake what's what's been one of the standout moments of the season for you so far all right so i was thinking back and going through just some of the wins and the losses and um the, the celtics played the sixes early in the year uh, it was the second time we had played them. No Porzingis, no Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. This was like the first game that we got like, okay, Al Horford, he still has it. Al Horford still owns Joel Embiid. He had five blocks in this game, and it starts here for, straight off the bat. Al Horford ding up Embiid, strips him, goes the other way, and you're like, oh, he still got it, but late in the game, five minutes to go, Maxi beats Hauser and Horford, protecting the rim, swats him, pushes it the other way, swing, swing, Tatum finds Horford, finds Derek White, three, Celtics go up seven with like four and a half to go, and that pretty much kind of seals the game. And like that game was just like, we're still, you know, early in the season, finding our feet, trying to figure out what's going on. We're not sure, like, you know, where Horford is. Um, 
we were still kind of acclimating to the new version of Derek White. We didn't quite realize that um, Derek White had become what he had become yet. And in that game, he he was so immense. But Horford, five blocks, two on Embiid, and was like, okay, the big dog still doesn't matter. Joel Embiid, regular season MVP, regular season, postseason, Al Horford still has this guy under lock and key. And that was chef's kiss. One of my, one of my favorite games of the year. I, uh, so the, my favorite part of that game was going into the Sixers Reddit afterwards. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was all about like this Embiid can't even beat 45 year old Al Horford. <laughs> yeah. Like, what That's are we right. doing here? That's like just right. trade everybody. So great game, great Al game. And like maybe the first game where, it was like that D white signature big time shot that we needed really bad. That was like kind of the first one I remember where it's like, Oh, this dude, like he's so yep. good. He's done it like 20 more times this season, but that's like the first one. It feels like, uh, yeah. Al Horford defending Joel Embiid effectively a tale as old as time. And, yeah. uh, who else is old as time is, is Al Horford, who is, uh, maybe the one person to have defeated father time up until this point, uh, and continues to, to defeat father time and Joel Embiid. It seems it's maybe one of the most disappointing factors as a Celtics fan of, of Joel Embiid being out is that there is an upcoming Sixers game. And we, I, I guess, unless he comes back unexpectedly, we won't get to see that matchup, um, but always fun and always a highlight of the season to beat the Sixers. I'll add, Best moments of the season so far. And Jake, I'm going to be stealing some of your words here. Please. Like, who would have thought that this beautiful Latvian man <laughs> would have been the Jalen Whisperer? And of course, I'm talking about cookies and cream. Like, I, I could never have imagined in my wildest dreams that this would have been like the duo. I think we always would yeah. have naturally expected it to be JT and KP linking up on pick and rolls and, you know, assists going both ways and all kinds of highlights. But as you see here, if you're watching on YouTube, it's it's assist central for these two, assist city, as they just have <laughs> flawlessly uh, and seamlessly connect almost every game and then we come to realize that off the court they carpool together they live in the same building we heard on the podcast recently the view from the rafters podcast that they broke down in chris Porzingis' 1999 mercedes on the side of the road had to call (laughs) a helper from the celtics to come and extract them uh the stories just keep emerging from this situation and it's as amazing and beautiful as it was unexpected and it's been one of the most enjoyable parts of the season so far jake yeah, look, I mean, team chemistry is really important. And I I was someone who had watched some of the like press conference stuff from Porzingis. It's like I had a kind of an idea that he was this cool, funny dude, but I had no idea that he was going to come in and like, dude, he's he's legit been like, I don't know, like the he, he's been the last piece of the puzzle both off the court. And like, I, I don't even, it hurts me to even say it, but like, on off the court too, like obviously everybody loved Marcus, but there was definitely some some tension there a little bit. And I mean Jalen in particular, dude. Like I've just never seen this guy smile anywhere near as much as he has this year. And like you watch that podcast with Jalen, it's like you also get a feel like Jalen likes to keep things close to his chest when he's in mm-hmm. front of cameras. And so like we don't get a real, which I think Tatum does as well. And so we don't get a really good idea of what these guys are like, but. To get that that glimpse of these two hanging out, and it's like it's like they're just they're a new relationship. They're 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 in the honeymoon phase, and, yeah. and they're they're, <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting there giggling, hit each other on the shoulder. It's uh, it's it's a true bromance. That's right. 
Yeah, no, you. No, you. Yeah, no, stop. Yeah. You're so I silly. want to tell. <laughs> I, yeah. I got I got exactly. The, I'll tell yeah. the proper. I'll tell the story properly after yeah. you. Yeah, like right, a married yeah, couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jalen has assisted Derek White 33 times this season. Derek's second. He's assisted KP 48 times, so like 15 times more than anybody else on the roster. Cookies and cream, dude. Like, yeah, it's such like a like a goofy duo, and I just absolutely love it. Them living in the same building is just it's such so, a yeah. it's such a bizarre nugget because Boston's a huge city, and they yeah. I don't know if he asked JB first, but the fact that he just ended up in the same place and carpool together is <laughs> it's just fucking awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> late night calls yeah. come down play yeah. some super smash brothers with yeah. me, play some mario kart i need yeah. to i need to believe that that's happening between them uh, as long as there's no gardening late night gardening yeah yes. yeah they, none of that they, they can do whatever they want <laughs> yeah uh spoonie what do you got oh i've got um i think so many beat us in overtime early in the season kind of like maybe the worst loss of the year from a process standpoint especially mm-hmm. that overtime period it was like all the things we hate about the Celtics with like the, the late game ISOs and things like that. So Minnie comes back to Boston. It's another overtime game and the C's actually, I think they were down seven with a couple minutes left. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown drag the Celtics to overtime and then basically dominate the overtime period. Tatum has 45 Jalen has 35 dominant performance against like that mini team was flying at that time too. They've since kind of cooled off a little bit, but people were talking about them. Like, are they the best yep. team in the NBA? Um, and you know, the only like Mark on that is mini was coming off a of back to back, but yep. I don't think KP didn't play on the flip side. So, so I cancel those two out just yep. a great win. Super fun game to watch yep. too. Like when they're coming back and then dominating over time, the garden was absolutely electric. Game of the season so far, in my opinion. We've got yeah. the clip. Wait, we're undefeated. Oh, no. Pushes off, passes to Horford, corner. Yeah! To the basket. Oh, buried back. Oh, yeah. Foul! To the basket, he gets two. Don't with the steal. Holiday Tatum takes his time, knocks it down. And the main mug of that shot. And the garden going completely fucking bonkers. bonkers, That makes me, it brings me so much joy. Uh, that's that's a great one. That might be, and let us folks in the chat let us know what you think. Like, I think to me that's that's the moment of the season so far. Certainly the the best game of the season, and just the Celtics firing on on all cylinders without their Latvian Moses um, and just <laughs> killing. Well, at the time, like you said, Spoonie was like one of the best teams in the league. Oh man, big plays in that one, like the Drew Holiday corner three. Like man, like you just forget, you forget like some of the plays you have to make to get back in the game and. Tatum hitting that sidestep three down five to bring it back to within two or whatever it was like 
And then he hits the three and he's bouncing on his toes. He just knows that it's in. Dagger and the gardens. And Gorman's just in his bag in a game like that, dude. He's just, it's just the names of the players for two. Make it. Got it. It's just like, ooh, and, and then the other end, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, ooh, big shot. And, and he's just, he, he lets the game, he lets the garden take over. And if people don't fucking understand why he's the GOAT, then you don't know ball. And I just, I'm going to miss him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Jalen Brown is in the dunk contest coming up this weekend. And one of the reasons is because the fan, uh, the fan, the league is desperate to keep fans engaged by having a relevant player actually included in the dunk contest. The other reason is that Jalen Brown has had some incredible posterizations this season. I mean, is this the best Jalen dunking season of his career so far, Spoonie? Yeah, I I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Just because, like, how many posters... You can remember a few posters he's had throughout his career, but, like, he's slowed down recently. But, like, that first half of the season, that dude was dunking on somebody's head every single game. (laughs) And, like, the primal roars he lets out. Like, I start roaring in my basement and then look around and realize how pathetic it is. But, like, I just get so into it. (laughs) And he's the energy shifter. He's, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's That's what what it sounds like in in your mind. But in reality, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) the three cool white boys screaming into the abyss. That's right. uh, Channeling our inner Jalen Browns. It feels good. (laughs) Uh, Who's next? I've lost count. Uh, Who's next with one of the best moments? I'll, uh, I'll let you go. You go. You, you, you guys take over. I'll just react from, from here out. All right. All I've right, got another I, one. Oh, go for you it. Guys, no, no, you go guys, No, no, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. All right. I think you guys <laughs> no, will no, like you. this one. <laughs> I think you guys will like this one. Notably, Sam Hauser, who continues to be awesome. The house trap defensively luring people into his defensive cage. His, his glaring whiteness invites them to attack him. And he just loves And then on the other end, house party, house money from three every single time. He, he's sort of the most consistent Celtic, I think. He's kicking the ball. You're welcome to take these. They're, they're not going anywhere with us. Hauser, back to Pritchard. Hauser pulls it. House money from the free throw line. Not talked about as much. Here we go. Heat check. Damn. Oh, yeah. Some house money right there. 47-34. We, <laughs> we did, did it. it. We did it. Maybe I will do my best to get house party. Yes. Uh, if nothing else, maybe. So house money, like just in general, Sam Hauser has been awesome. And with Grant gone, entering this more prominent role and like living up to what we've needed from him. But then, you know, I don't want to like blow my own horn too heavily or pat myself on the back or us on the back too hard and credit to Joe Titty, our New Zealand correspondent for coming up with the house here he is house content is. I, I believe house warming is being thrown around house trap house money and then house for it paint. to go yeah from this house little paint. like you know town in New Zealand via the pod here yeah. out to Drew Carter on the show and then out on the broadcast you know uh, for NBC Sports Boston there and become part of like the common phrases for Celtics fans um 
it feels good. And now it's just, oh, yeah. well, we had uh, Scowl come out with a house money call the other day as well. It's just part of the common nomenclature for, for Celtics fans and analysts, clearly, guys. So, and, and if anyone thinks they thought of it first, we have receipts. We, we got them to old <laughs> receipts, too. It's <laughs> Joe's. It's the first of <laughs> the floor name. Yeah we, yeah, we were doing house money like before he was getting real minutes. So, yes. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's remember that. Uh, I've got so many more guys, but I'll, I'll throw it back to you and, and give myself an opportunity to, to collect my thoughts. All right. Regardless of why, like what your opinions are on Ime Udoka getting fired, whether you think he deserved mm. it or not, he did something that at least contemplated getting fired after he just made the damn finals with a 23 and 25 year old. So my best moment, one of my best moments this year, beating his ass twice. Whipped yeah. up Houston, and they were like a good team at the time. They were kind of starting their downswing, and now they kind of suck. But like just beating Udoka, just like get out of here. Missoula outcoached his ass, at least for the first or the, the game that KP had 34, and Missoula oh, Justin yeah. is like, we're just going to KP. Um, outcoached him, out talented him. Go back to Houston, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. feels good. Add him to the yep. Schadenfreude report. Um, I'm, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm all in on Joe being the better coach than Ime, just because Ime um, calls guys losers and bitches and and whatnot doesn't make him the better coach. Joe was the mastermind behind the defense, and uh, the mentality that Joe is instilling on these guys is a more sustainable, holistic, spiritual endeavor that I think will serve these guys in the long run. And uh, yes, fuck that guy, dude. <laughs> well, and I'll add to best moments of the season holistically is just the gradual warm acceptance of Joe Mazzulla mm-hmm. and Mazzulla Ball and his clashing with certain members of the media, Gary Washburn in particular. <laughs> and, but it's become an endearing quality of his from a personality standpoint. And I think clearly the guys in the locker room are completely locked in to like what he's putting down. Um, the, the fan base has come around to him. I know he still has his detractors. Bill Simmons' dad, for one, still calling him oh second row Joe. But it's really hard to criticize this guy at the moment. And sometimes you just have, you know, we've still got a long way to go as far as getting to the chip. But sometimes you just have the perfect coach for the perfect roster. And Doc Rivers, you know, he has had plenty of down downward trend career moments since the 08 championship. But at that moment in time with that roster, with KG, Pierce, and Allen, he was the perfect coach for that team. And I'm starting to come around to the idea that Joe Mazzola is the perfect coach for this roster. He just seems to just fit in through all the seams and just do such a good job of gelling all of the guys and keeping them aligned with the right mindset. like And mindset is probably the, the number one theme number coming one. away from, from Missoula's approach is like, these guys are very, very talented. They have been through and seen every possible moment uh, and and defensive coverage and everything you could possibly imagine seeing in one's full NBA career. Jason Tatum has seen that all up until the age 25 already. And so it's just about keeping him on track mentally. And so far, he's done a really good job of that. And I think he's been really verbose and really communicative with the press in terms of like uh, helping us uh, have an insight into that mindset as well. So I love Joe. (laughs) Yeah. He's really candid and I I love getting insight into what he's thinking and what he wants the team to think like the whole be open-minded about things not going right and responding to things not going well, which is a real issue of this team going back to the email era. Like, Everybody looks back on, well, not everybody, a lot of people look back on Ime with Ime colored glasses and it's like, dude, game four in the finals, like, 
he should get blamed for that. He wasn't able to save them either in like the most important moment. Um, they did it in game three against the Bucks. Like Joe has been the only one so far. Granted, that includes adding Chris Porzingis to the team. Um, that has turned them into a team that looks like they've moved past a lot of those issues. One thing I'll say, I think Ime was perfect for that year. Yeah. I think yes. they needed the hard ass for that year. It's almost like the, I don't know if you guys do that in Australia, but like you go out and work for a year and then mm. go to college. Like yeah. you need like the bridge, the gap year, the bridge year. Yeah. Like, totally. wow, this sucks. I really need to go back to school. <laughs> and they like yeah. needed that. And now like Joe's the, per- like now that they've kind of hardened, um, not James, like, you know, emotionally hardened. <laughs> yeah, not even uh, either. Joe's like now so kind we've of- We've all hardened like, a little bit, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been very hardened <laughs> since the beginning of this season. Uh, Joe's kind of the perfect coach for like, once they went through that, now they come out the other side, like more emotionally strong and he's more of a tactician and a guy who can kind of keep them motivated uh, and just kind of draw stuff up. Well, this is a bad segue, but speaking of being hardened, we saw Jordan Walsh's <laughs> first NBA bucket this year. Man, percentage of beast on that glass. Nice pass. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah, he, he doesn't always get the call right, but the, oh, yeah! Like, that's exactly yeah. what was happening inside of my mind at that moment. So, I don't know. We've, we've talked about Walshie on the show oh. already. And we're, we're getting close to the hour mark, so we've got to start rattling through these. Right. But yeah. any, any quick just, remarks on Walshie's first bucket? Al Horford is the, the supporting cast, deserves the Oscar um, for the supporting <laughs> actor in, in that scene. He's, he's just waving the towel, getting into it. Uh, I love it. Give me more. I'm, I'm writing about this for Three Leaf Clover. It'll be out tomorrow. Just like the nice. crowd reaction yeah. to like Walshy. Like he's the 38th pick, right? Like he's nothing. Like a know, lot of dude. fans wouldn't know who their second round pick is. And the, the Celtics fans, like every time he touches the ball, it's like, oh, oh here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, a couple of other ones to rattle through here. The Marcus Smart return was huge. Mm, and I think yeah. probably the first thing that all Celtics fans marked on their calendar once the schedule came out was like, when's this motherfucker coming back when do i need to make sure that i'm stocked up on like tissues and like, <laughs> therapy sessions and all of the above and uh it didn't let us down there was uh plenty of marcus smart um you know homage content uh they got him involved in the heroes among us segment as well which is a really nice touch which we talked about on the on the post game pod for, for that game and uh it was just uh, warm feelings all around while and we talked about this as well as fans, we were like, this is great. We miss Marcus Smart. What an awesome tribute. But like, we're very happy with the roster right now and we're focused on the championship, right? He was the best. And like, it was kind of good that he didn't play. Just we're able to kind of fully kick the shit out of them and just enjoy Marcus Smart for the beautiful person he was on and off the court and Tatum motioning to the crowd, getting people to cheer louder. And man. What a hero. Bring him, yeah. bring him back on a minimum one day, please. <laughs> it, it really was like kind of a beautiful tribute to him. And like, I, it just goes to show like he was essentially a role player for nine years. You know, he's never a star, never made an all-star game. And just the, like the way the fans in the city treated him, it just kind of makes you proud to be a Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Now, also talking about Celtics pride, the Lakers beat down on Christmas yeah. Day here. It was running the clips on YouTube if you're watching. That was uh, about as good as Christmas present as any of us could ever hope for. 
And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Lekker's game didn't go particularly well when they visited us in Boston. But this was an excellent opportunity earlier in the season for the Celtics to demonstrate their, you know, their dominance uh, on a national stage here. And what better team to demonstrate it against than the Lakers' Spoonie? Yeah, and and like, look, if there's one person I absolutely hate in the NBA, it's Kyrie Irving. But if there's two people, it's Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. So anytime you can beat LeBron, hold him under 20 points. And like Austin Reeves is just so incredibly unlikable. And like my family doesn't watch basketball except for on Christmas. So like not having to explain to them why they're losing, even though they're supposed to be really good, just makes for a much happier Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like those big tent pole games and then and when the Celtics lose those games, you 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 hear people that like you just don't hear from being like what happened to the Celtics, dude? It's like, fuck, they've literally lost one game in six weeks and this is the game that it has to be. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was perfect. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, no, nothing better than beating the Lakers on Christmas. I hate that conversation. It's it's my least favorite conversation yeah. to have in life is the friend who's like, what's what's going on with the Celtics? And they're looking at the last game as opposed <laughs> to like the last 10 or 20 games. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's infuriating. All right, so we're going to have to cut a couple more for time, but we'll end on this one from yesterday. Win on three, win on three, one, two, three. Win. Yeah, concise. Like you can actually see while she start to, to mouth the words of the song as well. He's like, okay, this is what we do here. Cool. Like, I want to be part of the team. I want to be indoctrinated. <laughs> what a moment. I love what also his celebration of how concise the, the huddle yeah, was. Yeah, that well. was, was good. Like, yeah, concise. That's, I love he's work. funny, man. He's, he's, got a, he's got a career if basketball doesn't work out for him. That's for sure. Dude, I, one, one I noticed, like when he had that massive block... He Dude. didn't say a word. Yeah, that was like, why did they run that clip with him yeah. just like completely <laughs> silent? But it was just very Luke. Like he has this goofy tip in and he's like, yeah, yeah, and then he has like an amazing block and he's just completely silent was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Dominant yeah, in his awesome. silence. Yeah. Oh, just, just another one that's very quick, but beating the heat three times and it becoming like very clear that Porzingis makes that matchup like untenable for them is like, mm-hmm. yeah, makes helps me sleep at night. Very validating. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I had Tatum's masterpiece against the Heat last week where yeah. he just like almost Total a triple-double and yeah. just was perfect one turnover. Yeah. yeah, I had Jason Tatum blocking Grant Williams for that attempted half-board yeah. yeah. as well. And then like, looking awesome. back over his shoulder and talking at him. And, and thanks to everyone on the Discord for, for throwing in a few recommendations for top moments of the season. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, I hope that was as fun for you as it was for us. And if it was, and if you want to support the show, please subscribe to all of our stuff. Basically, everything is linked in the show notes below. Uh, Did we miss anything on the best moments of the season so far? If we did, let us know in the comments. We'll be back on Monday night, 6 p.m. East, live with Drew Carter from NBC Sports Boston. He'll be joining us here live on the channel. Spoonie, Jake, love your work, guys. Until next time, go Celtics.